You're listening to 15 Minutes with a Mensch. This episode's guest is Rich Breen, who will be presenting a talk titled The Jewish Exodus from the Hill on Tuesday, March 29th, as part of the Jewish Pittsburgh History Series at Redef Shalom Congregation. I've had the chance to meet Rich a few different times throughout through the Brotherhood Committee and wanted to get a little sneak peek of his presentation before it takes place. Rich is going to highlight some of the history of the Jewish communities in Pittsburgh and also discuss the future of a Jewish-centric neighborhood in a major city, one of the few remaining like it. Information on Rich's talk, including a link to register, is in the bio of this episode. I hope you enjoy this primer for The Jewish Exodus from the Hill with Rich Breen. All right, Rich. Well, thanks for joining me uh, in this podcast episode. It's great to have you on. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about your upcoming uh, history lecture, history event lecture series with uh, Rodef Shalom titled Jewish Exodus on the Hill. And uh, I'm really excited to have you here. Well, well, thanks, Bill. Um, Last year, I, I gave two lectures on the Hill District. And this is, in a sense, a little bit of a continuation question is, what happened to those 40,000 Jews from the hill? Where did they go to? The, the first exodus. And you'll be stunned to learn that there were four places, not simply Squirrel Hill, where Jews went to. The first one is Beachview, which is someplace that no one thinks about as a Jewish community. It was. Jews from both the Hill District and uh, McKees Rocks particularly went to Beachview, which is, we all know, is this in South Pittsburgh. It's parallel to Banksville Road, it's on top of the hill there. And the Jews started there, Sunday school first, and then Bethel Synagogue, which we all know is the major conservative synagogue of Mount Lebanon. And that's where that community will eventually go. First, it'll expand from Beachview into the more middle-class parts of South Pittsburgh, like Brookline. The high school was South Hills. But eventually they began going after World War II into the suburbs beyond Beachview and Brookline, Scott Township, Carnegie, Green Tree, and ultimately Mount Lebanon. And that will be the place where Bethel will go to. So they will begin in 1959, they vote to leave Beachview, but not until 1962 will they actually go. So right in the city of Pittsburgh, we had another Jewish community. So now, of course, there's no remnant left of it. And the next one is South Oakland. Now, South Oakland, we all know, if you're driving on the Boulevard of the Allies here at Craft Avenue and you go through a series of traffic lights and you fight your way through it, and it's going to be down to Bates Street and Ward Street and Parkview Avenue. Well, that was a Jewish community, South Oakland. It had three little subgroups. The uh, major one is what now is called Oak Cliff. And if you know the, if you're at the Boulevard and Craft Avenue, if you look to your right, it's Joe Hammer Square and sort of row houses and new housing. That's Oak Cliff. That was a very Jewish place. There was a synagogue, Ohav Zedek, that would will close. Uh, probably the majority right after World War II was Jewish. Uh, this next group of uh, cluster population was to the left, if you're at Halkett and the Rule of Heart. And that's Coltart Street, McKee, McKee Place, and climbing the hill beyond Fifth Avenue was Chesterfield Road, where one of the Breens lived. 
Now, South Oakland was a way station that almost every Jew who lived in South Oakland for any length of time will end up in Squirrel Hill. I remember vividly when I was going to John and the School, Colfax School, and Alderdice, every year we would have Jews from South Oakland come from Frick School, from Home School, from Shenley High School. And eventually the community goes away. Uh, the last shul will close, I believe, in 1994, and there's nothing left. The third community is East End, which was a massive community, probably a third the size of Squirrel Hill. It consisted of three sub-neighborhoods, East End, Highland Park, Stanton Heights, five or six or seven synagogues. And it will close. Uh, ultimately, the last shul is in 2004. But the community really had lost its vitality so that the closing of the shuls really meant the end of, of, of East End. And it had been a place with kosher butcher shops, delicatessens, bakeries, cleaners. Um, but again, it, it ultimately, the Jewish community lost faith in, in the public schools of the East End. And that's ultimately what did it end. It wasn't a question of, of a flight of a community, but rather once they lost faith in the schools, people weren't moving in. And ultimately, it took close to 30 years. Uh, it, it, it will vanish the Jewish community. And the last one, Squirrel Hill. And what we'll, we'll do, it'll be kind of fun for you, I hope. <laughs> I'm gonna uh, take a map, and a city map, and I'll explain to you why the city of Pittsburgh's wrong and how it classifies Squirrel Hill how the map maps are wrong. I'll tell you where Squirrel really is. Okay. Now, what's the importance of all this is that this is the last city in America where the majority of Jews live in the central city. The only one, not New York, not Philadelphia, not anywhere. And Squirrel Hill is the key to that. But it's not only Squirrel Hill. You can call it near Squirrel Hill, whatever, Paris Squirrel Hill, um, Point Breeze, and in the 14th Ward, Point Breeze, Park Place, North Point Breeze, Regent Square, Swiss Elm Park, which when I was in high school at Alderdice 55 years ago, had very, very, very few Jews. Lots of people live there now. Rabbi Henry lives in Regent Square. Rabbi Jacob lives in Point Breeze. So you add that in. You add in Oakland, you add in Shady Side, you add it all up. And the most recent figures from the Brandeis study of 2017, it's still a majority in the city. It's great. Uh, now, what I'm going to have some, also some fun with you, though, is a Squirrel Hill vanished. That was my Squirrel Hill. And I'm going to take you back to the Road of Sholem confirmation class of 1964, which is my high school class of 1966. And I'll show you the amazing statistics showing the overwhelming Jewishness, of Squirrel Hillness, I should say, of the Jewish kids who went to Road of Sholem and the absolutely amazing Jewishness of Taylor Alderdice and of Murray Avenue as you walked up the street from Herman and Hoffman's Bakery to the Waldorf, to Tisherman's, to Rosenblum's, to Silverberg's, went on and on and on, and kosher butcher shops, et cetera, et cetera. Now, it's gone, and maybe it's a good thing it's gone, but there were very significant consequences that we lived in a world where we were the majority and had maybe a confidence from that and a kind of worldview that I think made 
pretty good people. It also had some, some things that were just insane. I didn't have a Christian friend until I went to Kenyan College. How's that possible? Yeah. Can that be good? Probably not. And another thing different, so totally different about it is that our world of Alderdice, that Orthodox kids were vitally a part of it. It was before the day school culture had really grown. And our leaders, most popular kids, athletes, uh, scholars and students came from Polizetic, Sheratora, Bnei who um, young people's synagogue. They would, definition of orthodoxy then was that they did, they went to school on Sh- uh, Shabbos, they did. But they were part of that culture. And, and now they're not. Right. That has consequences too. So we'll, we'll talk about that world. And then we'll finally end up with the question of, will Squirrel Hill survive as a Jewish community? Now I can tell you this, Squirrel Hill will survive. This is such a successful community. Its biggest problem is the price of houses are so expensive that people can't afford to buy them or live here. Okay? Will it be a, will it be a Jewish community? Well, we try, we try, try. The institutions are there. The synagogues and congregations are there. The questions will be, will the Jews be there? Now, I know that this country is going through an entire cultural change of taste of what you consider desirable. Okay. The best example, I'll talk about this, my talk. When I were, I mean, two tires of general counsel of the Steel Workers Union. Every young, really hip Christian professional, you know, from Harvard and all these elite schools, there's only one place they will live in Allegheny County. That's Squirrel Hill. They're so drawn to it. But will Jewish kids feel the same way? That we know from our experience here that most people they want a new suburban house on land with a suburban school district, you know, far from any sort of urban problem. Yeah. Will the Jewish kids buy these incredibly expensive homes to live in Squirrel Hill? Well, we've seen that there, there are kind of interesting bright lights have popped up. Of course, Somerset, when new houses do come, choose to buy some of them a reasonable proportion. The other thing has been a fascinating renewal of the Jewish community, what we called over the bridge, which the Jewish kids called Squirrel Hill and the Irish kids called, called, called Greenfield. But the movement of Orthodox Jewry is striking into the 15th Ward. The St. Rosalie, again, watching sadly the decline of our neighborhoods, uh, who would ever believe the St. Rosalie Church would close? Okay. Well, now it's been bought by, uh, the, uh, by Yeshiva. That would be the Yeshiva campus. Okay. Um, we're going to see the growth of a community there. And it was a Jewish community. You know, you know, that's where, that's where B'nai Amunah still is. Now Chabad has merged with it. It was a Lieberman's bakery, the best bakery of all. You know? <laughs> and we're, we're coming back there. Yeah. But, but the greatest thing of all that I see about, about uh, uh, Squirrel Hill is that diversity. That this, it's, I think it's a better place to say now than it was when I was growing up. It was, it was so parochial. So we, it, it, we were children of fear of anti-Semitism and all the rest. Well, that's, we know it's, it's not, the dust does not dominate the country now. It's a diverse, wonderful, wonderful place. 
And the great thing is, it has a Jewish foundation. Yeah, I think it's interesting. You when you lay when you laid it all out for me before we started even recording and talking about where these and I think that's the point of the talk and I don't want to spoil anything because I know a lot of people that are listening to this will either yep. either A have already signed up to go or B will soon be signing up um, and they can find information on the Redef Shalom website and we would encourage them to do so the talk is March 29th um, but I think it's interesting because you really laid it out for me and I think this is the point of the talk of, of what drove people to move and what ended up being kind of the downfall of those communities, right, from a Jewish perspective. And the circumstances around each are so unique and different. Um, but I think ultimately looking at this from the standpoint of, you know, and I, I'm i a historian, I have a historian brain, I love history, I love learning and, and talking about these things, but I think my question is always then kind of what's next or why, why should we care? And I think you kind of lay that out there, of, you know, thinking about what is the future of Squirrel Hill as a Jewish community. And I think your point of, it's going to be a community regardless. People are going to continue to want to move there. The infrastructure is there. But then what's the Jewish identity of that community? And how does the Jewish culture and community thrive in, in this scenario? What that looks like in the future. And I think that's a really, really fascinating um, approach to the talk. Well, thank you. And I think that, that when I say part of the great part of the diversity is that there's a, a tolerance and a progressivism among the Jews that has created part of the openness that has created Squirrel Hill. Now, my my life has been, I care all these jokes about it, but my great loves of my life are, are trade unions, okay? I spent 40 years as steelworkers. The city of Pittsburgh, which I love, I couldn't imagine living anywhere else, okay? And Squirrel Hill and Jews. Yeah. And um, as, as my daughter laughed once, for you, Forbes and Murray's like Mecca. <laughs> and it is. It's, it's all. It's been my life, and it's, it's great to be in a place where you're, you have those roots. And that's that's a great thing about Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh has roots. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, we're really looking forward to the talk. I think, and we already Thank said you. there's over there's over 120 people, I believe, already signed up. Uh, the talk is on the 29th of March. So if whenever you're listening to this, be sure to mark that on your calendar. We know that there's an event that's posted on the Rodef Shalom website. I'll link the uh, registration link to the bio of the episode as well, so people can uh, click on that and link to that. But we look forward to the full talk, Rich, and uh, thanks, for, thanks for spending some time with me today. Hey, thank you. Fifteen Minutes with a Mensch is a podcast supported by the Prayer, Practice, and Learning Committee of Def Shalom Congregation in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. For more information on upcoming events or how you can get involved, visit our website at www.rodefshalom.org. I'm Bill Battistone. And I'm Sarah Greenwald.